like the rest of you, we're trying to make sense of this crazy thing that we call life. I'm RJ. I'm Unique. And welcome to Try Not to Overthink It. Every day we find ourselves discussing many different topics, ranging from trending news to the state of our society as a whole. You name it, we've probably talked about it. And after many heated debates, we decided to expand and share our conversations with you and give them to you from both a therapist and a social worker's point of view. Um, if this is your first time here, we want to thank you for checking us out. And we hope that you'll stay and become part of the tribe as well as participate in the conversations. So today we are going to talk about a very, a very uh, serious but funny topic at the same time. Um, uh, Unique and I were talking about this the other day uh, about uh, toxic relationships. Um, How many of us have them? <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of us do have toxic relationships, and I mean we're not we're not laughing at it to make to make light of it or to make fun of it. But at the end of the time, like for a lot of us, we don't even realize we're in toxic relationships mm -hmm. until we're on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. um, and toxic relationships are not just romantic relationships. Like people, mm -hmm. when people, when, when you first bring up a toxic relationship and you think about it, you, most people, their minds automatically go to, you know, being in a romantic relationship mm -hmm. with somebody. And that's not always the case. You can have a toxic relationship with your family members. Oh, you have a toxic relationship with your coworkers, mm -hmm. your um, employer, people, your employer, um, the people you interact with on a regular basis. Um, because, like like the old saying goes, the people closest to you are the people you need to be worried about the most. Mm -hmm. And so, for most of us, we tend to not even realize that we're in a toxic relationship or that we are the toxic one. Because I've said that in our previous episodes, mm -hmm. that for some of us, we are the storm, we are the problem, we are the calamity and the chaos in our own lives. And Ooh. and so for for a lot of people, I feel like when it when it boils down to having relationships, period, they do not really respect or understand the dynamic between love and respect. Mm. You know, like because they don't really understand the the dichotomy that one can't can't supersede the other, mm -hmm. you know, that's where it starts to become toxic. Mm -hmm. Because for, for a lot of people, I was uh, on Instagram earlier, and let me see if I can't find it. And um, somebody posted a quote on there about a toxic relationship occurs when one or both people are prioritizing love over the core co components of a healthy relationship, Ooh. respect, trust, and affection. Ooh. And so like, I, you know, I clicked oh, on the first Wait, 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 read that back, run that back and say, you can't do what? It says a toxic relationship occurs when one or both people are prioritizing love over the three core components of a healthy relationship, respect, trust, and affection. All right. I'm going to dig into that a little later. Go ahead. So, I, you know, so I kept on reading, reading through their posts and it says, this might sound crazy to some people, but love should not be the reason you stay in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's because it can cloud, cloud our judgment in these other important areas. If you prioritize love, the love you get out of a relationship over the respect you're given, you'll tolerate being treated like a doormat. Mm. If you prioritize love over trust in a relationship, you'll tolerate being lied to and cheated on. And if you pri prioritize love over affection in the relationship, you'll tolerate a cold and distant existence in the relationship. And so when, when I was reading that, I was like, God dang. I was like, you know, this person was on one. They, they was on it because... The thing about it, though, is like for a lot of us, you know, and I spoke about this in the relationships episode. Um, sometimes you outgrow people. Mm -hmm. 
sometimes you are, sometimes you are grow people. And you know, I was I was watching a YouTube short, and the guy was on there talking about when people get in relationships. And and when I when I when he when he was talking about relationships, he's talking about romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. When people get into romantic relationships, they talk about compatibility. This person's compatible with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why you know that's why I'm with them, or that's why I'm into into them because they're we're we're we sync and we're mm-hmm. we're 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 in it. And so the thing about it, though, is like what he pointed out was that when you're they're compatible with you now, they won't be be compatible with you later. Okay, because who you are now is not who you're going to be five years from now, right, 10 years right, from right. now. Mm-hmm. Because we all change. We all change. Right. We all grow. Our thought processes, you know, grow and differ. Our mm-hmm. beliefs grow and differ. The things that we're interested in change. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, when I was five, I wanted to be a chicken. I wanted to be a rooster. Okay. At Who I was at five is not who I am at 35. Who I was at 30 is not who I am at 35. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hell, who I was at 21 is not who I am at, at 35. Come on, come on, man. Come on. So because our thought process is different, our, 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 our beliefs change. And as we grow and mature and evolve and God get, continues to give us additional years on this earth, we grow. Mm-hmm. And so for some people, you know, being in a toxic situation, their thought process may not change. Their thought process mm-hmm. may not grow with you. And that's why I always speak about when you are in relationships, regardless if they are, you know, personal, romantic, or uh, professional, you guys have to be equally yoked. Mm-hmm. But because I think sometimes that's what makes it toxic is because sometimes, like, you've outgrown a particular person, right? Like, you realize at first it starts off where there's a level of contention. And then that contention that is not remedied or investigated or fleshed out, then it could become, um, well, I'll say confrontation first. It's confrontational at first, right? Because you're confronted with something that's different from what you want. And so Mm -hmm. when you don't deal with confrontation, well, it becomes contentious. And undealt with contention then becomes toxicity because somebody's going to say, well, I'm going to just, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to have it my way and you're going to have it my way too. And so when you have that in a relationship, I think, you know, one person has clearly outgrown the situation and one person is trying to keep things status quo or keep them as they were when they first entered. And so I think one of the things that in relationships we have to do, um, I had a previous uh, marriage counselor tell me conflict is neither good nor bad. It's just how you deal with it. And so mm-hmm. when that conflict arises, because as you grow, as you mature and change and as you adapt to life, there will be areas of conflict. What we have to do is minimize the contention. And mm-hmm. that's where it gets crazy, because how do I minimize the contention while still being respectful, while still, you know, trusting that this person has my best interest and trusting that I have their best interest. And I forgot the other one that you said on there. Um, maybe it was loyalty. But when I'm not mixing those things, then you have an issue. But see, my thing was this. They talking about you can't have love. When did love not encompass those three things? So I think that love, like people have a different definition of what love is. Oh, what is so, it? so, so like, so like with, so like love does not encompass those things when you are selfish instead of selfless, mm-hmm. when you prioritize your needs and your wants, because when you're, when you, when you really think about it, like when you're, you're married, 
When mm-hmm. you when you're married, there's no longer me. There's we. Yeah, right. So right. we decide and move together. Yeah. We we no no one person makes decisions around here. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. one person just does their own thing. Because right. at the end of the day, when you take vows before God, your family, your friends, mm-hmm. the pastor, or whoever, whoever was the wedding official, you vowed that you guys would be one unified front. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is that is what love is, is where if things go left, I'm not even thinking about throwing my life away in, 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 in defense of my, my family and in defense of my spouse or partner. Mm-hmm. You know, because I put I put the, the collective over, you know, over the individual wants and needs of myself, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. you and I were talking about that the other day. And and, and I said this on a previous episode. Just imagine you poking somebody in the face. How much damage Ooh. one finger can do in comparison to a whole fist of fingers? Lord, Lord, Lord. And I so, haven't been like, punched before, but I, I, I'd rather take the finger any day. <laughs> any day. But, but that's the thing that people don't realize. People, we, you know, in, in, in our society today, we have kind of perverted what love really is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they have to do them type of posts to say, like, if you're prioritizing love over these things. But I mean, if you go back to just, I think like a Christian song says, even the Bible says, but love is patient, caring, love is kind, love is felt most when it's genuine. I think that's what the Christian song says. But, you know, the Bible talks about the things that love is. And um, I think a secular artist, love is for the way I look at you. Oh, it's for the only one I see. And I mean, but there in our culture, mm-hmm. I guess I guess I'm old. So back in the day, love meant, you know, it meant something more than just a strong like or a strong affection for somebody. And so when I hear statements like this, you know how I feel about internet uh psychology. You know how I feel about it. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like we've cheapened something that is is not just supposed to be, you know. Oh, I love this person. So that just covers everything. That covers a world of sin and shortcoming. Cause I love them. If that's all that love is, I don't want no parts of that. Exactly. I mean, so I mean, I think that what we need to do is we need to unpack what. How do? How can you tell if you're in an un, in, in a in a toxic relationship? Like, I, I think that for a lot of people, yeah, you want to bust them in the head. No, I'm kidding. So, but I'm not. You know, let, let, let's, let's unpack some of that. So, mm-hmm. when you're constantly giving more than the other person is giving, and mm-hmm. you're constantly feeling like you're depleted, yeah. when you feel co- consistently disrespected or unheard, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you feel like there's a toll on your self esteem over time, yeah. Yeah. when you feel unsupported, misunderstood, yeah. demeaned, or attacked all the time. Mm-hmm. When you feel depressed, angry or tired after speaking or being with the other person, mm-hmm. when you when you guys bring out the worst in each other. Or you're not the best version of yourself when you're around them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you feel like you have to walk on eggshells around this person because you're afraid of them just exploding on you or the mm-hmm. wrong thing is going to set them off. Mm-hmm. If you spend a lot of time and emotional and emotional strength trying to keep them up and keep them going and keep them focused or and last and foremost you are always to blame for everything that happens 
and the other person's not willing to assume any type of accountability. Mm -hmm. All of those things are signs that you are in a toxic relationship. Yeah, yeah. And and like I said, these things don't just apply to a romantic relationship with your partner, your spouse, your boo thing, your girlfriend, whatever you want to call yourselves. But this goes to employers, employees, mm -hmm. co-workers, people that you come in contact with. And and when you when you unpack these things and you start to think back on interactions you have with people, I guarantee you, you'll find at least some of the interactions that you have, that's toxic. Sadly, you know, I joked about it like toxic relationships, how many of us have them. But that list that you said, like I remember being, you and I talked about this, but my um, one of my serious relationships, I had to really sit down and admit I was at work. I will never forget. I had a client who was in an abusive, a physically abusive relationship. And she came in my office and I'm like, girl, yes, that's abuse. Like, you need to get out of that. That is toxic. You know, that's not a good situation. And no sooner than she left my office, I was on the Internet on doing one of those little Internet quizzes that says, am I in an abusive relationship? And so I, I was like, OK, 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 this is I see what's going on here. My brain was seeing it, but I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to admit it because I was just like. No, not me. I was a I was a therapist at that point. I was like, I'm a counselor. I'm like, this is I am stop these things. <laughs> look, look. I can see I this. Can see I would have never gotten this. Like, I would never put myself in this situation. It didn't hit me until, um, I don't even know what to call this person now, but one of my best friends at the time, he was like. He called my dad and was just like, hey, is unique in an abusive relationship? And my dad asked me about it. And I flat out was like, no, me? No. And it wasn't until me and the guy broke up um, and I really had to sit with that. It was just like, no, you weren't. I didn't tell my friends, my family. Um, this man was he didn't graduate from college not saying that that's the end all be all but what made it bad was because he said i was dumb and i didn't know anything i was like you didn't even finish school like are you are you kidding me mm -hmm. and i met you at a walmart like really but i'm dumb i said the, the dumbest decision i made was getting with you that's the dumbest thing that i've done up until now but i say all of that to say most of the time we discredit those relationships because not even because of the other person, but it's because of us. And we're like, no, nah, I can't, I can't be that crazy to make that type of decision. And so mm -hmm. we stick in it, hoping that we're going to get some type of return on our bad decision. It was just a bad decision. And we got to own that. Or, or that it's going to get better <laughs> or that, or that it's going to get better. And I, and I mean, like for me, I've had relationships like that as well, where mm -hmm. we brought out the worst in each other, Yep. you know, because I can't even, you know, for me, I'm a big person on accountability. Mm -hmm. I'm a big person on accountability. I'm a big person on standing 10 toes down on what you said, mm -hmm. owning your stuff and standing by what you, what you said. Now you said mm -hmm. it, I want you to keep that same energy. Right, 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 and right. so for me, the same way that I am with other people, I got to be, be that with myself mm -hmm. too. And so there have been times where, you know, collectively we were toxic. Like we, we brought out the worst in each other. Um, we're arguing. I mean, we're going back and forth. We're being disrespectful to each other. We're talk, calling each other out on each other's name. 
hey, that that that's when I started to recognize like, okay, this situation wasn't good for me. Mm-hmm. This wasn't good for them either. Because mm-hmm. there's only so much disrespect that you can take as a person before it goes to another level. Yep. Yep. And so because for me, in the words of Kevin Gates, I lead with respect because I command it in return. And so I can't I can't demand respect when I'm being disrespectful. Come on. Come on. And so for me and and in reading uh my man uh what's his name? Tony Evans, his book, Kingdom Man, he talked about that in the book mm-hmm. where your 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 reflections, I mean your 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 relationships are a reflection of are a reflection of your relationship with God. So if you're having turmoil in your your when you're having turmoil in your relationships, that's pretty that's a pretty good indicator that you're not where you're supposed to be in your relationship with God. And you know, yes, this is not a yes, this is not a a, a biblical podcast. Come on, but, it's not religious, but we can you know, but but at the same time, like when I started to pay attention to that. And I started to recognize that every relationship that I had, regardless of if it was personal, professional, romantic, whatever, it was always, there was always turmoil. There was always mm-hmm. drama. There was always chaos. There was always arguments and fighting and going back and forth and we're being disrespectful. I had to stop and think, you know, is it, is it always somebody else or is it me? Mm-hmm. You know, and so at the same time, you know, because all of these situations are different. They're different situations. There were different people. There were different, you know, everything was different. The connecting thread was me. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to stop and I had to reflect on myself in regards to the way that I talk to people, in the way, in, in regards to the way that I interact with people. Because um, as we talked about in a previous episode, um, how you start a conversation is probably how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, I had to really start to really process and realize that the situation I was finding myself in was was were were created a lot of times by me because I wasn't grounded in what I was supposed to be doing. But see that you hit a even though we're not a religious podcast, we do talk about answering to something higher than just yourself. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, your belief in God, your community, um, we all have a social responsibility to those that are around us. And if the buck stops, starts and stops with me. That's a dangerous place to be in because I don't have any accountability at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, if I say, all right, I'm accountable to my family. I'm accountable to my employer. I'm accountable to the people that I serve. I'm accountable to my church members. God, the way I move is going to be totally different when I'm saying, oh, I'm just in this by myself. Because, I, I mean, I would do what feels right to me for that day. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what's going to be right for me long term, because I'm not thinking that far if it's just me that I'm answering to, because I feel like, well, I, I can cross that bridge when I get there, because I know how much I can handle, and I know the effort that I'm going to put into it. So many times people do things off of the strength of that lack of accountability, and they don't mm-hmm. have that relationship with God. They don't have a relationship with anything that's higher than their own self or their own thinking, and so they find themselves getting into trouble. Well, it got me this far. I had somebody who said that to me. He was like, um, in that same relationship, and I was like, you really need to watch your mouth because you're going to say something out your mouth and you're not going to like the results of it. <clears throat> well, I've been saying this all of this time and it, ain't, it got me this far. And I said, that right there has laid several people out. I ain't going to do it, but it's going to land you somewhere where you don't want to be. And for him, it landed him single because 
like you said, it's only so much disrespect you can give a person and so much uh, so the, the lack of accountability that you can have before a person is just like, you know what, this no longer serves the purpose that I thought it did. I'm going to go ahead and choose something different. Mm-hmm. Like at some point in time, you have to recognize that certain situations are not for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like we as as providers, we can never tell you when that is going to happen. Right. right. You know, because our form, our forms of reality are different. It's right. easy for me to be on the outside and say, yo, that relationship is toxic. You need mm-hmm. to leave that alone. Mm-hmm. You know, what I can do is I can point certain things out to you because a lot right. of times like that like, insight, you know, because we, we don't we, we have the insight because we're outside of it. We're not in right. the store. Right. You know. But the thing about it, though, is, like I said, because our forms of reality are different, I can't I can't step into your reality and tell you how to live your life. That's not mm-hmm. that's not the purpose of what a therapist or provider is. Mm-hmm. Our, our jobs are to help you make informed decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, my job is not to, to advise. You know, my job is not to give advice. My job is not to, to steer your life for you because that's mm-hmm. domestication at that point. Come on. Listen. You know, my, my job is to be a passenger, as Unique said, a passenger on your journey and to help you make informed decisions. I was watching the Fresh and Fit podcast one day and the guy was on there talking about protecting your meat. And, you know, most people like when protecting you, when you your say what? protecting your meat. So meat is an acronym. Oh, so oh, for, oh okay. what? were they punching in there or kicking? No, no. Okay, he was like, right. you know, like it's an acronym for money, energy, attention and time. Okay. And and he was talking about how people will constantly try to steal and take away from those things. Mm -hmm. You know, people will use you for all the money they can get from you. They'll steal your energy. They'll, you know, and they'll waste your attention and time. And so for me, I had to realize and, and, you know, I, we always, Khalil and I always laugh about this. And even with Unique, we laugh about it too, in regards to the fact of how all the episodes kind of line up together. Mm -hmm. Like we don't go out of our way to, Oh my God, this is going, this episode is going to feed into that episode and feed into this episode. No, we don't go out of our way. Like normally just kind of comes up the topics and we just Mm -hmm. decide to talk on it. So, you know, I talked about this in previous episodes in regards to things that don't add and multiply in your life, subtract and divide out of it. Come on. And so they, and, and, and those are things when, when you start to kind of calibrate what needs to stay and what needs to go. If it is not adding and multiplying in your life, that means that there is going to create a surplus at some point in time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is going to subtract and divide out of it. It's going to take yeah. away. That's what my mama say. If if it ain't adding to you, it's taking away from you. Cut it out. Yep. You know, and and for for a lot of relationships, if the relationship is not symbiotic, where we're both growing and we're both you know becoming the best versions of ourselves, because that was one of the things that I that I said that I listed earlier. When you guys aren't the best versions of yourselves when you're around mm-hmm. each other, that's not a relationship you need to continue to partake in. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you asked a good question. How do you realize it? And I think we've hit on, you know, in these intimate spaces. I won't say just romantic, but in an in intimate relationship, we talked about it. But I think looking at the workplace, sometimes that looks a little different. And sometimes it, it looks like you not being able to accomplish the goals you set out when you first joined that corporation or that company. Um, again, I was in one of these. I don't know. I needed to. I had to sit on somebody's couch and really flesh this out. But <laughs> um, see, this is therapists go to therapy. Sidebar: therapists mm-hmm. do go to therapy. Um, but 
And if you don't, we have therapist friends who we talk to about things that we need to flesh out too. But I, I had to get yoked up um, by my old supervisor because she was just like, you were staying in a job that you were giving them everything and you weren't earning or getting anything that you set out to get. Um, at the time I was working on my professional license and my employer, it just seemed like every time I would take a step towards my professional license, an obstacle or a loophole was thrown my way. Um, whether it was a no, I need you to do this. They were cold during my supervision hours. Um, and so it was just obstacle after obstacle. And so it didn't, it took somebody else outside of my reality to say, I mean, you should probably look at that. You know, I don't know if you're noticing all of these things, they keep occurring. And I, I don't think you're seeing the pattern here. Every time you try to take a step forward, this person keeps trying to put things in your path to stop you. And so sometimes in the workplace, we have to realize what are, what is my goal? We have to, if you, anytime you start a job, what is your goal? Is it for career mo upward mobility, um, for more experience, for knowledge, for growth? What, what is your purpose in attaching yourself to this company? Or what is your purpose of joining in this particular sector? And when you start to realize this job no longer aligns with those goals, and then they are taking away, just to use what you were saying, they're not just not aligned, but they're actually taking away from your time, your energy, your, you know, your money. All right. So I'm not making any more money at this company, right? I, I've been at the same salary for forever. I've tried for promotions. I've been denied promotions. Um, I've seen people who've come in after me, get promoted over me. And I know that I'm doing my work. We're not talking about somebody who's slacking. Like I'm putting in effort. I'm coming early. I'm staying late. Um, your attention, you get to places you're you're being looked over, or your your employer or your manager is talking to you crazy. They're wasting your time. They're not responding to emails. This has turned into a toxic environment, and we don't always talk about it because we, especially millennials, sometimes we have this cancel thing where we just want up and leave. But stay and look. Why am I leaving? What? Maybe some of this is toxicity. And the quicker you realize it, the next time you go to another workplace, you're able to check that and nip that in the bud and say, uh-uh, not me, not today. And really start to address some of that toxicity. And maybe even talk to somebody about why you keep finding yourself in toxic situations. Because it, it may be you. Yeah. It may be you or maybe something that you're doing. I mean, for, for me, I had roughly the same, the same experience. Um, I had people that invested in me. Um, like, mm -hmm. you know, I had really great supervisors and I had some really crappy ones too. Mm -hmm. um, like where I had supervisors where they sat down with me. One, you know, one of them being Lucretia, she's been a guest on the show. Mm -hmm. um, another one I had was uh, Leela. Uh, they sat down with me. What are you trying to do with your career? Yeah. Where do you see yourself in five, 10, 15 years? You know, are you trying to get your license? Are you trying to do this? Are you trying to do that? Da, 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 da. And these were the, these were the, you know, and so we sat down and mapped out what that looked like. And by having a clear map of what my career path would look like, I had a better understanding of what I needed to do to achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. my supervisors did that for me, you know, in regards to sitting down and looking out for my best interests. That's not toxic leadership. Now, where you have supervisors who don't, aren't invested in you, 
aren't in, in, in and what I mean by invested in you, not invested in you from a, a financial standpoint, but invested in you becoming the best version of yourself yeah. professionally. Yeah. Um, provide space and opportunity for you to do that that's an investment yes in endorse you being creative Mm -hmm. endorse you you know you know adding to the to the team Mm -hmm. you know just different things like your boss your supervisor your co-workers you guys should be feeding into each other yeah you know trainings going Going to to training together um finding ways to be more efficient yeah all of those things are investing in you Exactly. And so when, you know, I've had some supervisors where their whole thought process, like for me, I have a very big personality. So in having, yep. And having a, in having a big personality, I had to recognize that a lot of times, you know, how I feel it's on my face. Mm -hmm. So I've had to get better about keeping a very stern poker face. Um, Because if I feel like you're being stupid, I'm giving you the, you're an idiot face. And so you know, one of my supervisors, his thing was, you know, I'm always trying to steal his job. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, man to man, like I remember one day he squared up with me. He squared up with no. me and stood over me. And so as a man, I can tell you, any any guys who are listening to this will agree with you. If you stand over a guy, you're challenging me at that point. You're asking for me to squabble up with you. Right. right, right. So we're supposed to be professionals. And because you didn't agree with what I said, it wasn't that I was rude. It wasn't that I was disrespectful. But in his mind, I was always trying to take his job. Hold because up. So he stood over you while you were sitting there? I was sitting down. So essentially, let me set the, let me set the stage. Okay, come on, come so on. Paint the picture. We're, 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 we're having a meeting with the doctor. Okay. And so this partic- one of the particular clients, uh, he discharged and then came right back not even a week later mm. you know not even well no no it was a little over a week it was like like 10 days he wouldn't mm-hmm. even go on two weeks came right back and okay. so when we're sitting in the meetings we we have you know what is called treatment team we're sitting in the meetings and we're discussing every single one of the clients this was years ago like mm-hmm. a good six or so years ago so we're sitting in the meeting and we're discussing the clients he and the doctor would just supersede whatever me myself and other therapists would say now we spend most of the time with the clients, but you're trying to tell us how the, you know, the clients are ready and we're telling you that they're not. They're now not we spend right. 10 plus hours with these people. We're telling you they're not ready and you're telling us, yes, they are. So the doctor decided he's going to make the decision. So he discharged the client. And so mm-hmm. when the client came back, I was like, I told you this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, because this particular client went out and hurt somebody else. Mm. It wasn't, you know, like he murdered anybody or anything like that, but he attacked, he physically attacked somebody else. And so I explained to him, I said, this could have gone exceedingly far worse mm-hmm. because had he actually like killed somebody or gotten himself killed, it'd be a whole different situation. Mm-hmm. So he gets mad and, you know, he starts telling me that I need to understand what my place is and blah, 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 blah. He's standing over me. And so the other therapist was sitting at the far end of the table. So she stands up because she and I, knew, we've known each other for a long time. She stands up at this point. And so I got up and I just walked away. So as I start walking away, he like tried to grab my arm. Oh, no. So, I, so no, sir. No, I snatched sir. away from him at that point. 
And so my thing is, you know, what I had to learn in that in that moment, you know, and, and this is a lesson that I've always applied, you know, since every action does not require a response. You don't got to mm-hmm. respond to everything mm-hmm. like the, the old me would have turned around and we'd have been squabbling in there. We'd have been going. We'd have been swapping hands. You know, but the the new and improved me, the more centered, the more, you know, calculated me is like, nah, you got it. So my thing is, you know, like what I had to realize, like for some people, for some people, they don't want you to be, they, you know, like someone who who truly values you wants you to be the best version of yourself, even if that means that you outlove you outpace them or you mm-hmm. you level up past them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had plenty of supervisors where, you know, I want you to be better than me. These are the mistakes that I made, and I don't want you to make these mistakes. So we gonna we I'm gonna give you the cheat codes. Mm-hmm. So this is what you need to do. This is who you need to talk to. Mm-hmm. But the even reason like, why is because they're not toxic. They recognize this person has the potential to be great. And I mean, I'm a part of that. If if I get to help boost this person to the next level, I get to say, man, I was a part of that journey. This is what we say for our clients. Um, I mean, I know I say it for mine. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. for yours. For sure. The, the fact that you go off and do wonderful things, I get to boast and just be like, yeah, I look. I, I don't even get to take credit, but I know them. I, I they were they sat on my couch. I mm-hmm. saw it. I saw it first. You know, I yeah. just get to be the number one person in your fan club saying, I knew they could. But, yep. but but that only takes somebody who's not already toxic, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who is operating in a in a confident, um, fulfilled self to be able to say, you know what, I want to see this other person shine. I want I want them to excel. I'm gonna do whatever I can to make sure they do it to make sure that they get to the next level. Yeah, I've reached I've reached this level, but they have the potential to get here. And I want to do everything in my power to make sure they get there if I can. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, but that 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 what that what that speaks to is maturity. Mm-hmm. What that speaks to is, you know, having an understanding that some things are bigger than me. Yeah. And and so what I had to realize was you know, I can't be mad. You know, I can't I can't be ugly about it because that's why he's blessed the way that I, he was blessed. And that's why I'm blessed the way that I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I'm not about hating on nobody else. I'm not about tearing anybody else down, you know, blocking their shine. And, you know, I'm all about, you know, giving people the shine, giving them the opportunity to, to be the best versions of themselves. You know, because at the end of the day, the fact, you know, I will say this. And, you know, it, it, it's always cle- it always sounds stupid whenever I say it, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger because by him being the type of supervisor that he was at that time and not being supportive, not helping, not, you know, being invested in, you know, myself or the other therapist. Guess what? I had I learned all types of different things because I had to figure it out for myself. Mm-hmm. I made contacts. I developed resources, all these different things that as a supervisor, a supervisor would have provided me with those things. But because he didn't, I, I I had to become adaptive. I had to grow. I had to evolve. And so it helped me be a better better person. And but you, uh, it, but you learn from it. How many mm-hmm. people don't learn from it? How many people stay there and they use it as a crutch to just be subpar? You know, we we both been supervisors and we've seen it time and time mm-hmm. again. Oh, I don't know. I had a supervisor tell me, when are you going to know what you don't know? Exactly. I mean, it becomes a situation where one of the things and me and Khalil talked about this one time. What I always hate is when I hear people say that, 
God didn't want me to have it. Mm. They, they use that as an excuse to either stay in a situation that is, mm-hmm. that is slowly killing you because it may not be killing you physically, but it's killing you emotionally, mm-hmm. mentally, and spiritually. It could be worse. And, 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 which will, and which will ultimately kill you physically. Yep. A slow death at that point. Because then you start to develop all type of health-related complications because you're stressed out, mm-hmm. because you're wore out, yeah. because you, you know, just don't, you know, because a, a real healthy relationship charges you up. It's like yeah. plugging your phone into, in, into the wall, into the charger, yeah. into the car, car jack. Your phone is going to be going. But when you don't, when you're constantly using and then not replenishing, eventually it wears out. The battery mm-hmm. runs dry. Mm-hmm. And, and so... When, when you are in a healthy relationship, that's what it does. When you're around people that have your best interests at heart, you feel charged up. Your day may be shitty up to that point, but once you hang out with these people, you around them, guess what? You feel like you on cloud nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you have the opposite where you're having toxic interactions or toxic relationships and you, you feel like you talk to them. Now you feel like you need a nap. Ooh, you know, or, yeah. or you need, a, or you need, a, or you need a strong drink. You need a drink, and you don't even drink. Might need a cigarette, and you never smoked. And, and so, for, for me, I had to start, you know, as the guy said, protecting my meat. I had to start protecting my meat. And I mean, I didn't think about that till he said it. I was always saying something completely different. Like for me, I am a savage about protecting my time. That is exceedingly disrespectful. If you waste my time, that's the kid that's spitting in my face. Like we're gonna be trading hands. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna hear you're gonna hear my mouth, and we're probably gonna be trading hands because I just don't like that. I could be doing a million other things yep. and I'm sitting here with you and you're wasting my time. And so, like when he said that, I was like, God dang, he's right. You have to protect that. Yep. Because, you know, again, if things are not adding and multiplying in your life, they're dividing and subtracting out of mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. for a lot of us we tend to just settle mm. because you will have people that will tell you, like when we talked about in the relationships episode, you will have people that will settle, settle for a shitty relationship yeah. because they, they've either been told that they can't do any better or mm. in their mind, they've convinced they themselves that they yeah. can't do any better. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes I think we, you hit on a, just an interesting point. You got to reevaluate that thing. And like, even in a marriage, I look at each year, like during my anniversary, I sit down and I set out goals for my husband. He probably thinks I'm the craziest person for doing it. But each year I come up with what I want. I ask him, what do you want? What are your goals this year? What do you want to work on? And what are we striving to? Because I want to always make sure, look, we, we still working towards the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I still believe that I'm capable of this. You believe that you're capable of that. Together, we're capable of making this thing shake. We're, we're capable of moving forward. Sometimes when we don't put in that effort, when we're not really continuing to check the boxes for these things, we find out, you know what? I'm not as aligned with this person as I thought I was or, you know, Maybe we started wanting different things. Sometimes we want to keep people in our life and in our space who weren't meant to be there for forever. It's like no. because you just, you never really did the wellness check. You never reevaluated. You never looked at the goal. You kind of just got in and started liking what you were seeing and experiencing. And you just took it at face value without really fleshing it out and seeing, what, was this person 
meant or was this relationship meant for the long haul or was this here to teach me something I tell my clients was this a landing pad or a launching pad a landing pad is somewhere you're going to be for a while a launching pad is something that's going to propel you to the landing right when a, a plane's runway is only but so big because it's going to launch somewhere else when it's coming in that take that landing trip is a little bit longer because that plane's got to come down and cool off a bit. The playing field where that plane has landed is a lot larger than where it took off. Sometimes relationships are only meant to be a launching pad. They're meant to just propel us to the next thing, propel us to our takeoff, get us to that next phase. So if I sit here and I'm trying to make this somewhere where I land, it's going to become toxic. Not always because that's what you intended, not because either one of you are potentially bad but you're trying to make this relationship something that it never was supposed to be right? exactly some, some job just to teach you yeah okay? some, some jobs some relationships are free. some people just there to teach you some friendships mm -hmm. just there to show you the great person that your potential person that you have to be god allows some people to come in your life to show you how much you need him okay that's right everything not meant to just Stay with you forever. Every every level that you get on, everybody's not supposed to go there with you. Every family member is not supposed to meet you at that level. Yes, I said it. Every family member can't go to that next level because the family member is not being obedient to the things that God called them to do. So they're not even qualified to be in that level with you. But, but until you can realize everybody is not for every season of my life. They're not for every field, every playing field, every landing pad of my life, then you're going to be stuck in the death. You're never going to reach the destination that was designed for you because you're stuck fighting with people and draining your gas on places and people that didn't matter. Well, it's not, it's not that they didn't matter, but what happens is That's like fair. you said, some, some, some positions in some, some places and some relationships were only solely there to teach you a lesson. Yep. You you got taught a lesson and you it 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 helped you level up. Mm -hmm. And for me, I when what I had to start realizing for me was, you know, as I matured and as I got and as I got older, I started to realize um that I had to accept some situations as what they were. Mm -hmm. When I started to accept some situations as what they were and started to realize that um hey it is what it is. Like I tell people that now, that now it is what it is. Um, me and my dad, I remember one time me and my dad got to arguing about something and I'm like, you know what? You're right. It is what it is. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Just like I said, it is what it Whatever is. Whatever you said. You know, it is what it is because like for me, what I had to, what I had to come to realize when it came to interacting with other people that I am no longer available for uh, just giving everything of myself mm -hmm. and then under receiving and then you know, under receiving or things aren't reciprocated to me. Yep, yep. And so, you know, for me, if you're not pouring into me as much as I'm pouring into you, I have to recognize what that relationship is right there. You know, I, I you know, this messed up. Look, no, no, because you saying something. You saying you talking good. You talking real good. I, I needed a cup. All right, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna use what I got. I mean, because you, you, and I, you know, I got to paint an analogy for the people. So if y'all don't watch our YouTube, you missing out on a lot of content because these facial expressions be doing it. 
oftentimes, because because look, I'm gonna paint the picture for the people. We like to give people a hundred percent, right? This is you, big personality, loving, caring, and you trying to pour all of you into this little this little container. It ain't gonna happen. You can pour all of it in there, but something's gonna get wasted out. Yeah, your one hundred percent will always be too much for them. Their one hundred percent doesn't fill you up. Too many exactly. times we get mad because I pour all of this into somebody, and then we're like, "Well, dang, I ain't get you ain't you ain't even give me nothing back." I did give you some. I gave you the capacity that I had. Stop giving people a hundred percent. Who can't? Whose capacity can't hold that? If if they're only uh, a five gallon cup and you're uh two and you're a two gallon cup, the the inequality is just not gonna it's not gonna balance it's, out the math. Not, the math ain't mathing as my dad. It ain't mathing. It ain't gonna. It ain't never gonna math. And and, and a, that's. That's the problem that a lot of us have is the fact that we are expecting, in the words of Nipsey Hussle, I can't expect me from other people. people. And people people do that. Like you go into a situation and you're expecting you from other people. No, you just got to accept people for where they are. Pray for them. And if it's not, if it's not filling you, it's not nourishing you. It's not cultivating growth and, and, and evolution and, and you reaching a new level. Then hey, I pray for you. I gotta love you for where you at, and move on. Because again, if if it's not adding and multiplying your life, it's subtracting and dividing out of it. And and mm-hmm. for me, I feel like for a lot of us, we lose sight of that. We we set goals for ourselves, like you know. And and children, I love kids when they do that. When they write down where they, I want to grow up and I want to be a mm-hmm. fireman. I want to grow up and I want to be a school teacher. I want to grow up and I want to, I want to be a, a a musician or I want to do this or I want to do that. As we as we become adults, we we lose sight of who we wanted to be when we were kids. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. somewhere along the way, reality started to shift our worldview. Yeah. And so, as reality starts starts to shift your worldview, you have to start to realize that, you know, some of us do get to reach our dreams and do get to become who we who we set out as children to to be. Mm-hmm. You know, but normally that happens because people invested in you. Yeah. Oh. People invested Ooh. in you, rather than that be your mom, your dad, your uncle, mm-hmm. a teacher, mm-hmm. saw something in you. Like prime example, you look at uh, the Ball brothers, uh, Lonzo, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Lamello, yeah, yeah. and Leangelo. Mm-hmm. From a very early age, now as much, you can say whatever you want to about their dad, from a very early age, their dad and their mom invested in them yep. getting to the NBA. Yep. Two out of the three play on an mm-hmm. NBA team. Now, the middle son, he plays in the G League team, so technically he's still playing professional basketball. But the family goal was to get them from here to to there. there. Investment of time, energy, effort, that is a positive relationship. Now, the way they interact with each other sometimes is not probably the best. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, that's what investment of time and energy looks like. When Mm -hmm. people are invested in you and your goals and your dreams, look where that gets you. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that for a lot of us, we get in, we get set in our minds, especially when we're not reaching our full potential. We get set in our minds of, well, God didn't want me to have it. We start talking mm-hmm. ourselves out of things that are, that are for us. Mm-hmm. We start to settle for relationships that are convenient rather Ooh, than hold up, hold up, because something just hit me. Something hit. Something hit. We start to settle for other people's ideals of our potential. 
it's exactly. not even, it's not even my potential that I have for me. It's not even what <clears throat> I thought I could accomplish. It's what another person thought that I could accomplish. And so we sit there based on what our family members were able to get, based on what that teacher was able to get. I had a lady tell me, "Oh, you'll never make any money being a therapist." And this was a teacher. I love teachers. My dad was a teacher. My mom taught me in homeschool. Um, but she was just like, you'll never make it. You should choose a real profession. I am here to tell you, I have made more money than a lot of people in my family have ever touched or seen in their bank account. Okay. Being a humble little therapist. Yeah. Had I listened to her, had I listened to where her ideal was for my capabilities or my potential, I would have never gone into this profession. But so many times, especially in our communities, we have, you know, the kid who sets out with the lofty dream, sets out with the lofty goal, and is to be snuffed out by a family member, their community, um, their environment, telling them you'll never measure up to that. Because nobody else, nobody else in your family has been a doctor, nobody's been a lawyer before, nobody's been a therapist. What you even know about that? How are you going to get there? How are you going to do that? Nobody's done it before. And so you yep. start to believe it as if it's true. And so you say, well, yeah, maybe maybe I can't. Maybe that's not for me. But I've always said other people have done it. Why not me? Yep. Why not you? Other people, and I'm, I'm speaking it out there. Other people are millionaires. Why not me? Yep. Other, other people can be successful. Why not me? Why not me? What's, what's the difference between them and me? And I think honestly and truly, this is something I tell my clients, it's the belief and the striving to do it. I can yeah. believe you can be the best person in the world, but until you take ownership of that, it's only my belief. And until you, and also until you start to apply consistent effort as well. Yeah, yeah. Because like the thing is like, like prime example, you go to the gym, you go to the gym on day number one, mm-hmm. you lift some weights. You're not going to see immediate change when you take your shirt off. First of all, don't talk about me. Don't don't talk about me like that on this podcast. Because <laughs> I see results. Okay. So, so, so it's not until you're consistently going to the gym, like people will go to the gym and keep going to the gym and keep mm-hmm. going to the gym and keep mm-hmm. going to the gym until they start seeing the results. Yeah. But then we don't, yeah. we don't apply that same effort to our everyday lives and our relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. And so... For me, what I had to realize, like like what you were saying, like we will start to place our worth based off of what other people around us are telling mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And for me, like when we when we had when we talked about the in the relationships episode where my coworker, her her boyfriend, was telling her, "Ain't nobody gonna want you with all them kids." Mm-hmm. You know, for her, her self worth was here because this is what her boyfriend, who she put up here, mm-hmm. was telling her. Mm. And, and so, you know, Unique is very, very right in the way that those around us start to influence what we think about ourselves. Yeah. You know, those around us start to influence what we feel about ourselves. You know, how we start to conceptualize things, how we start to talk ourselves out of out of out of certain blessings, because you know, people who are only supposed to be here for a season have yeah. overstayed their welcome. Yeah. And when yeah. you look at what a toxic relationship is, it's the equivalent to you having uh, a, a bunch of bananas that are overly ripe. They, mm-hmm. They're past their expiration date. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's time to you know, cast some of that stuff out your life 
and start to reevaluate some things. Now, I'm not telling you to just quit your job or quit whoever you're talking to, but really start to evaluate, is this relationship that I'm currently in, regardless if it's professional, personal, relationship-wise, I mean, romantic-wise, is this really feeding me mm-hmm. and nourishing me? Because mm-hmm. everybody it might be just, prioritizing it. It might, it might reprioritize it. it it's yep. no longer the top thing in my life, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and do some of this other stuff. Yep. Because if, if, if it's not something that is going to help you be the best version of yourself, you, you probably need to reprioritize where it is. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. I, and I saw that on Instagram too, where he was talking about how uh, you are sometimes too expensive to have in some people's lives. Like they can't yeah. afford you. Yeah. He, you know, he was talking about that. I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but he was saying that some people can't afford you. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's the thing that like you, Exactly, because you have to look at yourself as the prize. You have mm-hmm. to look at yourself as that you have high value. Mm-hmm. And so if you mm-hmm. look at yourself as though you have high value, you start you stop settling for less than what your what yeah. your what your what your value is. Yeah. You yeah. can't go to the you can't go to the, the Lamborghini the Lamborghini dealership and, and try to give them a dollar for a Lamborghini. No, no you, you can't gotta go have with, some money. Listen, you can't even go there with need some money. You need to go there with Lamborghini money. Exactly. So yeah. When you start to see yourself as the prize, you start to say that, hey, this relationship is not worthy of, of me. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. relationship is not worthy of me. This relationship is not helping me get to where I need to get to. Yeah. Is not yeah. getting is not going to push me to where I need to get to. Mm-hmm. Because every relationship that you have that is for you is going to do those things. It is going to help you get to where, like Unique said, it is going to help you propel to the next point. And then it is going to, you know, help guide you to that next point, mm-hmm. you know, you know, because as I've said in previous episodes, everyone doesn't deserve to, to, to hear your Even story. Come everyone on. doesn't deserve to sit at your table, be a part mm-hmm. of your saga. Like everyone does not deserve to do that. And at times what we will do is we will hold on to people, mm-hmm. hold on to situations, hold on to relationships past their expiration date. The yeah. same way we're not going to keep spoiled milk. We're not going to keep a loaf of bread that's moldy and old and crusty. Mm, yes, the same yes, way yes. when when we open we open a container of lunch meat and it smells weird, we're going to yes. throw it in the trash. Got to do that with relationships too, because if you mm-hmm. eat that stuff, you're going to be sick. And and just like you said, if you eat it, then it says something about you as the person, as the consumer. Mm-hmm. Not okay, anything about that bread. Yes, the bread was moldy, but it becomes a problem when you eat it. When you keep people in your life or in your space as top priority and they've shown themselves to be toxic, you too become toxic when you allow them to remain there. So it starts to say more about you than it does about them because you saw the signs. You realize this person is no longer benefiting me and reaching my goals or my potential. It's then your responsibility to do something Mm -hmm. different. To make the effort to change, to say, you know what, this no longer serves me. I have to uh, rework it, rethink, re-strategize, and maybe exit without returning back, without getting the closure that we always like to talk about. We hear our clients, I just needed closure. Sometimes the closure is just leaving. (laughs) Yeah, I I hate when I hear when I hear my clients say that, like I went back because I needed the closure. But my thing is, you went back because it was comfortable to you. You went back because you didn't know to you didn't value yourself and your peace. 
Mm-hmm. You didn't and know how much you were worth. So you went back to somebody who ascribed worth to you. Mm-hmm. That told had, you what your worth was. That told you what your worth was, right? I had a client and she has a problem with like just setting boundaries and everything. Um, and so in her relationships, she's been in some toxic spaces because that, that turned into toxic spaces because she fails to set boundaries and issue consequences when the boundaries are not, you know, respected and she feels hurt about them. So she told me this situation about a friend of hers who inquired about borrowing money. And so I said, well, what do you think? And she was just like, well, I gave her, she's a lawyer. So she's like, I gave her this legal advice and, you know, I'm not her lawyer, but I told her what she can do, blah, blah, blah. But she's still she's still in this financial bind. And I know that I have the money that I can help. But, you know, she didn't ask me, but I just want to do it. I said, OK, let's let's put this into money perspective. Legal advice is not cheap on any scale. I said, you just gave her five hundred dollars worth of information. Yeah, what do you mean? I said, no, no, no. You are a lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't charge her for your services, but you gave them to her anyway. So that was $500 worth of services. But she's still she's still in need. I said, she can use the information that you just gave her to go and get the $500 elsewhere. Because now she don't have to pay a lawyer to get that information. She was like, I never thought about it like that. So many times we're giving of ourselves to people and we say, well, it's not enough. You've given more than enough. You, mm-hmm. But you got to realize... I'm worth that. My information, my knowledge, my experience, my intuition is worth more than just oh, I'm talking to a friend. My time. My time. I, look, if I give somebody time, don't uh, don't ask for not not you asking for money. After I didn't stay here for an hour, you know how much I charge an hour. Mm-hmm. If you could afford it, we wouldn't have been here. Okay. Yeah. The fact that I just listened to you run on about this same young man, okay, girlfriend, we that's it, okay. We not we we not talking about nothing else. You can't borrow nothing, not even a shirt, because I didn't just gave you my time for free, and probably some good therapy up in there. So many times that we we get in these situations where we feel depleted, taken advantage of ran through, ran over because we're giving more than we had to give. Mm-hmm. I just gave you my knowledge. Bro, I don't have money to give you at this point. You need to find that from some, use another resource. Mm-hmm. You're not going to deplete me of all of mine. This is not a manifest destiny. You're not going to deplete me and my lands. Go to the next person. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so many we we get in this hero complex of I gotta stick and stay. I I, I don't want to leave them high and dry because this could be applied to the workplace. They don't got nobody else. I'm the one who knows all of this, and we get in this prideful stance. The job won't fall apart if I ain't here. It was making it before they hired you, even exactly. if it was poorly. It wasn't shut down when they hired you. If you die today, they'll replace you tomorrow. They'll, you'll be on Indeed the next before your body even get cold. 
That is facts. If you have family members, the fam the same family members that always call you for money, that always call you for advice, that always call you to watch them kids, guess what? They was getting that money before you came along and giving it to them. True. If you say no, they will find somebody else to babysit. If you don't give them the advice nine times out of ten, they still gonna do what you told advise them not to anyway. So say the words. Save them and realize, you know what? I am worth more than the situations that I continue to put myself in that no, that don't serve me. I can't afford to do that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I, I, I just can't. Yep. I mean, when you when you get to that point to where you start to have that realization mm -hmm. of you know that realization that unique pointed out, you will feel lighter. I can tell you as a person who has experienced that, like I, yeah. I, I've gone through that in, in a few relationships. Um, I had one not too long ago um, where, you know, I was just giving and giving and giving and giving and giving of myself all the time. Mm -hmm. And this person was not returning yeah. anything, you know, just your, you know, it, it just got to the point where I had to realize that, you know, mm -hmm. my peace of mind was more important than continuing to give give of myself and not receiving anything in return yeah. you know you know because I was you know the person was you know had you know chronic health issues and different issues different things come up and so you know I'm just always worried about what's going on with them always worried about making sure they had what they needed whatever whatever they needed whatever they were going through I was always supportive and then mm -hmm. you know when it came time to reciprocate you know it's crickets yeah you know it was crickets you know, birthday would come up, never hear from him. Holiday would come up, never hear from him. So it got to the point to where it was just like, well, Dad, you know, the person showed me who they were. Mm -hmm. You know, I just didn't believe it. Yeah. You know, but once I believed it and I started to kind of like stop making excuses and stop accepting the, you know, the foolishness, I started realizing, you know what? Hey, you know, be, you know, peace be with you. Deuces. And, you know, once I walked away from the situation, again, I felt lighter. You know, things that were a certain way before no longer were, were, were that certain way because, again, that relationship had passed its expiration date. Yeah. I'd held on to it for far too long. And it was, it was by continuing to partake of it, especially when I knew better and I recognized mm -hmm. that it was not for me, that... uh Hey, you know, I started feeling better mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, started feeling better, you know, because it was so many times where I felt some kind of way, you know, rather than be depressed or sad or upset or angry, couldn't really understand why it was that I was feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And it was because that relationship was poor, slowly poisoning me. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, end up doing more damage to yourself when you hold on to toxic people in toxic places, you know, a person who is giving out the toxicity, it rarely affects them as deeply as it affects those that they are poisoning. Mm -hmm. um, that's just how that cookie crumbles. And so when you hold on to that, it's just like you ingesting poison and hoping that it kills somebody else. Yeah. It, never it doesn't work that way. way. It does it not. Doesn't. It's only going to kill you. And depending on how much poison you ingest at one time, it, it's going to determine your fate if it's fast or slow. And so you just, it goes back to that self-worth. 
Um, and I think when you look at toxicity, self-worth does not mean that the other person is not important. It just means that you're equally important, mm -hmm. right? My wants and needs are equally as important as your wants and needs. I exactly. value you equally as much as I value myself, um, as, as much as I respect myself. My boundaries are just as important as your boundaries. But when you are in a toxic space and you realize that you are not a priority where you are second chair or you, you feel like you're not even in the room, you have to consider, am I worth that? Mm -hmm. And if your worth is nowhere in the equation, that's not the one for you, no matter that's what right. it is. Even if it's a family member, you, you can't. I had an old professor, you know this old professor, this is Roger Mel's favorite professor. Um, she used to say, <laughs> you can't just cut family members out of your life. And I debated her in class about it because I had a family member that I was estranged from. But as I have matured, I've learned that, no, you can't cut them out, but you can reprioritize them. No, 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 no. I, I wholeheartedly disagree. I, I got family members. I don't cut them out. Cut them. They gone. I see you, you know, I had Bob, but that's all I got for you. But that's a reprioritization of them. You know, and okay. no reprioritization. You know, I said what I said. They cut. Let me get my red flag. I'm they, gonna they, throw a red flag. Red flag on the play for Roger no, Bell. Nope, they cut. Because like for me, I had to prioritize like I cannot on on here be a snake oil salesman. I cannot tell you to not to, when I recognize that something is toxic, like now I'm aware. Like it's a different story when, you know, I'm blind and I can't see. But when I recognize I've given you chance after chance after chance and you continue to reveal who you are, I can't expect you to go from being a rattlesnake to a chameleon or a rattlesnake to a kitten. You are who you are. And so once you reveal to me who you are, I believe you for who you are. Yes, but and that so, does not and, mean... I have to change who I am and I have to now put up this wall. No, you, I, I'm going to set the boundary. Now, if you decide to respect the boundary, then you can come back in my good graces. And we can commune. Watch your mouth. You, you, our next you, episode will be forgiveness, guys. You, you that's, cry, what I, you that's what we're going to talk about next. Forgiveness. You only get to cross me one time. You only get to cross. Like, you only get, you only get to, I give everybody a free one. I give everybody a free one. Because some people will do stuff and un unknowingly do stuff, they but it gets to it gets to a point to where you you constantly with you or, or or a particular group of people or a particular person, they keep repeating the cycle. Why? Because we old. We just keep accepting it. But and that, so, Raja, we are we are on the same page. Mm -hmm. We are, and see this this guys is why we got to talk about forgiveness. I'm putting that out there somewhere we. You might hear about forgiveness in another episode mm -hmm. and boundaries, but I'm not suggesting that you allow a person to continue to walk over you. That's not what I'm suggesting at all. I am suggesting what Raja talked about earlier, accepting people for who they are and conducting yourself accordingly. Mm -hmm. If you show me that you only want a high and by relationship, I'm not going to force anything else with you. Mm -hmm. When I see you out and about, I will acknowledge you. That will be the extent of our connection. That blood or blood or whatever. Hello. 
goodbye because I offer that to strangers, people I don't know. Okay, mm-hmm. people I have no type of familial connection to because that's safe. And so if you've shown me the safest way to interact with you is that way, then I'm going to reprioritize myself and my my thoughts about where you fit into my ecosystem. And I'm going to conduct myself accordingly. But there was a time when I said I wasn't even given a high and bye because I didn't think that a person deserved that much. But I've grown. And I realized that that line of thinking was only hurting me mm-hmm. because that's not who I am. I'm not that type of person. I am, I'm better than that. I'm, if somebody, no matter how nasty they are being, that doesn't give me license to be standoffish or cold. No, because I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't do that to strangers. So we're going to pray for Rajamel, y'all. Yeah, pray for me. <laughs> pray for me. You know, because you know, I'm trying. I'm trying not to be on demon time. I try. I try my hardest not to be on demon. We gonna pray for my friend, y'all. Y'all lift him up at y'all prayer services. Yep. Keep keep me in your prayers all the time, because I be struggling. But you know, it, it is very important that you. Uh, all jokes aside, it's very important that you understand what your worth is mm-hmm. and understand you know, be cognizant of not only your worth, but also your behaviors. Yes. Because even as a person listening to this episode, you could be the one that's being toxic and not even realize Mm -hmm. you're being toxic. Mm -hmm. Not even realizing that you're doing, you're creating the toxicity in the relationships that you're a part of. Because for me, I that's what I had to realize was I was the one that was being toxic in some situations. And when I became aware that I was being toxic in certain situations, I, I was able to correct that behavior. And so as a, as a therapist, it is very important that even for us as providers, that we have introspection and insight as well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because I can't preach insight and introspection and mm-hmm. having those come to Jesus conversations with other people if I'm not willing to do it with myself. Yeah. And so for for me, I definitely try to be a person that leads by example. I can't can't say do as I say and not as I do. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that it's very important that a lot of stuff starts with you, you know, holding yourself accountable, you know, especially if you're in a position of leadership, you're in a position like you are the head of your family, you are the head of your household, you are in a position of leadership. So you have to lead by example. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important that when it comes to interacting with other people, your interaction should always be one of help, one of growth, one of development, one of cultivation, one of uplifting, up, uplifting someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. if you're not doing those things, you happen to be doing the opposite. Yeah. And so if you're not in an emotional space, a mental space, physical space to do those things, maybe you might just need to be to yourself. Mm. No, you don't need to be to yourself. You need to go to therapy. That's even better. <laughs> That's even better. Go and talk to somebody else because sticking with yourself has got you into this problem. So go talk yep. to somebody else who's a professional who can help you to have better relationships with the people around you. Very much so. One of the things I wanted to say too before we close is um, sometimes we always hear of toxicity in the outwardly aggressive stance, but sometimes toxicity is very passive. Um, and it's the person who is always helpful, 
who is who never says no, who always shows up for everybody else. That's just as toxic as the person who is outwardly stopping you from reaching your goals. Because if you're the one stopping you from reaching it, if you're always willing to put yourself on the back burner for someone else, that's how toxicity can show up in a space and it not be so aggressive or noticeably offensive to other people. So if you are finding that, okay, at the end of the day, you're showing up, oh, I always feel like I'm getting the short end of the stick in every interaction you have, it's probably you. And it's it's because you don't know how to say no, which is toxic because you'll find yourself in situations that did not serve you simply because you didn't realize going back to that work I'm worth more than that. I don't have to be on every occasion. I don't have to say yes to everything. I don't have to always show up for these people. It's okay to realize that that's not my place and that's not my calling. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to add that in there because we've talked, you know, you, we, we're we used to seeing or the internet from the internet and TikTok and Instagram. We're used to the loud, obnoxious, toxic people. But it's the quiet ones that do sometimes the most damage. You know, the people who always have opinions on your life and it's coming as being helpful. You know, I don't think you should do that. I don't know. Are you sure about that? You know, the doubters, the quiet doubters. So, and it might be yourself. Like I said, it's not always somebody else. Sometimes you're the person in the room which is the passive person who's showing up and, you know, sabotaging either your own dreams or someone else's. Mm-hmm. So. so we're going to, we're going to uh, end the conversation here. Um, we, I asked that if you like what you heard or you like what you saw, because some people listen to us, some people watch us. Um, we asked that you, Stop by the YouTube channel because we can be found on YouTube at Try Not to Overthink It. Um, if you st- happen to stop by the channel, we ask that you like, share, subscribe, and turn your notifications on. This is a small thing for you, but it's a, a big thing to us. Um, we can be, if you prefer to listen to us, we can be found on Anchor, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, pretty much everywhere that you can listen to, to some sort of audio file, we can be listened to. Um, and we ask that you check, check for us regularly because we drop content every week. Um, so this is Try Not to Overthink It signing out. I'm RJ. I'm Unique. And we will catch you in the next episode. You guys have a good one. Peace.